are closing out the week here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Welcome on in, everybody. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick here for the next two hours. We are live and in color on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590s, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. And you can always catch us a little later if you download us on any of your platforms. So we're glad to have you aboard. And, of course, send us a text, questions, opinions. Love to get them out on this Friday. Yeah, lots of text to 590-590 today for the back half of the show. Because we know we don't plan anything for that. <laughs> so we, we're leaning on you here. We swear, we'll get down. To, we swear we'll get to him this time. Yes, we'll do our best. Yeah. Well, where do we begin off uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the floor, uh, Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, we're going to focus in on Austin Matthews. Was it eight-minute hat trick? Yeah. It's like eight-minute abs. It's eight-minute hat tricks now. We're going to talk about Austin being a terrific shooter for the yeah. next hour and not focus on a blown third-period lead. How's that? I, we talked about it on Leafs Talk last night, but last night was the script night. Like, if you're going to write the script of a Leafs game, mm-hmm. that's to make it the most believable, that is how you would write the script. If that crappy start, right? Yeah. Crappy start. And then really bad start. Like, that first period was horrible. They're one of their stars, puts the team on the back, gives them a lead, soft play in the third period to blow the lead, then to go to overtime for their precious loser With points. specifically and, Nylander yes. scoring the winner. And then, and then so, Nylander, who is dog-like for most of the evening, shoots it in the net. Fun so, fact, that's actually an AI-generated Leafs game. They had read all the Leafs scripts. We had a computer run that one. Yeah. So is, <laughs> is, same idea. is Sammy telling us the Leafs are unpredictably predictable? Is that what he's trying he to say? Is it Romeo Cronell? They are who we thought yeah. they were? Is that the... I, I don't know. The, I guess like, the stars come back and the guys who played so great against the Blues just forget how to hockey again. I, I don't know. I They are so unpredictable to me. Yeah, like you mentioned, that was a, a typical Leafs game, but yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. How, how, like, so, I mean, we're we're past 50 games now. So is... Is this it? Like, this is the way they're going to look? This is it? Is this now a feeling of... And I don't know at times you guys have kind of looked at me and go, oh, playoffs are in jeopardy. I think St. Louis and mm-hmm. Philadelphia have proven that they're not really in jeopardy of losing a playoff spot. Yeah. But they aren't exactly racing to earn respect in the Atlantic division here. So this is shaping up for a, a wild card spot late I, season. I guess it depends how you look at it. You yeah, know, I'm like, asking you. I mean, it's, if you look at the, the facts, uh, your honor, they are, you know, ahead of Tampa Bay in terms of winning percentage. So, you know, they are probably trending towards the three seed if they continue on their current pace. And so does Tampa. You know, they've won a couple of hockey games in a row. Like, there are the things you can squint and go, it's not that bad. But, yeah, I, I mean, I watch them too, Kip. I don't, I don't watch that game last night and go, look out. <laughs> you know, like the Leafs. But they do have the guy who shot it in the net. Yes. Three times. He, he's real. He's a human. It, they have the guy, Mitch Marner, who sets him up, you know, with his eyes closed and finds him on the rink. Like, Yeah, it's remarkable. It is. Like, every night they are a threat. And yeah. last night, in a very short period of time, they proved that 
they're really good at what they do sometimes. So their top four uh, forwards, the core four guys, score over 60% of their goals now. The number, the percentage is going up, um, you know, which is light years different than any other team. But as I've said to you guys before, if you get a little bit of goaltending and those guys do what they do, we know that they're very real. The um, In my article today, I've got the top four forwards, the uh, average time on ice for all NHL teams, their top four forwards, where they slot in. They're mm. not the most. Mm. Um, Colorado and Edmonton are the two teams ahead of them with Rantanen, McKinnon, Nachushkin, Druan. And Druan, by the way, plays 17-20, whatever. So okay. those other He snuck great, right back in there, right? Yeah. As, a, as, a, as a top-end player. Yep. For sure. And then McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman play uh, a little bit more. Tampa Bay and the Rangers right behind them. So, yeah, they, were, they we know that this is not news that they rely on these guys. Um, saw a tweet yesterday from Dmitry Filipovich, uh, Leafs goal-scoring leader since December 1st. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews has 31 in 30 games. <laughs> William Nylander has 15. Mitch Barner has 14. John Tavares has eight. So those are the leaders. And the next closest is Bobby McMahon with five. And he had a hat trick the other night. Wow. Yeah, it basically falls off a cliff. A cliff? That's a, a gorge. I'm a flat it's earther gone. and I have fallen yeah, off the planet. It's gone. So I, I don't, like this seems even more dependent than it's ever been. Yeah. Like and, it really feels that way. But the crazy thing is they're being dependent on the best, you know, one of the three best goal scoring seasons in the history of hockey, you know, um, you know, what they're being dependent on, I, it's special. So that's why you can't write them off. It's like when people say, oh, that team, yeah, they're only good because their goalie's good. It's like, okay, he gets to play. Yeah. You know, like it's. Oh, they're never out of a game and right. they're always dangerous. Yeah. So And that can't be taken lightly. Indeed. Not to be ca- Captain Obvious here, but without Matthews last night, they probably lose that game one nothing. Like, there was nothing else. Like, no one. Like, did anyone else have chances, really? Like, I guess for two, he had the one chance. And he almost scores on the shift between his second and third goal. He takes it in front. Yeah. The redirect? Uh, That was late in the game, I think. No, no, to go He took it out of the corner and had an opportunity and got his own rebound and almost slid it back in. Austin Matthews, first Maple Leaf player to score a natural hat trick at home since Wendell Clark on November 9th, 1996. Yes, I played in that game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember uh, the goals? Uh, I actually, I do remember his hat trick. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we beat Edmonton like 8-3. Yeah. And Very 1990 score. Only like one or two players were, were a minus. <laughs> And hey, listen, you were a great plus-minus player, I, I, so we'll forgive I, you I one. Was, I was minus one that game. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember because I, there was a Jamie, maybe McCowan or Jamie Baker, yeah. who says, how do you, how are you minus one in an 8-3 win? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just go out when I'm allowed to. I don't know. I think I took Darby Hendrickson down with me, too, there. I there, think he might you? have been minus I, one, too. I'm looking at the box score. It was a 7-3 final. 7-3. Yeah. Uh, the goal scorers for the lease were... Barrison, Barrison, uh, Mike Craig, and then Wendell Clark three times. Yes. Yeah, no, he scored four in that game. He scored in the fourth period, oh. in the third period as well. So there you and go. And what was he, plus four? I'm just trying to look that plus up. Plus five, him uh, and Gilmore. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, the 
He was plus four. Gilmore was plus three. McCallum plus two. Yeah, yeah. And I'm scrolling down here. Yeah. Dash one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, get off that website. He owned up to it. And you're right. Darby Hendrickson is off that website. One. What a My crazy centerman. thing. What a crazy thing to be like. Wendell Clark had a hat trick in 96, and Kip's memory to be like, Darby <laughs> Hendrickson was minus one. Like, of all things you can't remember, you remember I Darby remember, Hendrickson's plus minus. I remember getting my balls busted. That's yeah. what I remember out of that game. Yeah. So, <laughs> what on this Matthews thing, to go back to Matthews, do you notice anything differently with the way he's scoring this year to find another level of goal I, Yeah, um, the 40, 50-foot wrist shot yeah. that are beating goalies cleanly. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is, it's, it's a sight to see. It is. The, um, so both those ones yesterday were glove side, right? That kind yes. of mid to low glove. This year, uh, in past years, he shot low glove uh, for 50% of his goals, 54, 47. This year, it's 65. So he's shooting low glove from distance a lot. I looked into this today. Yeah. Um, so that's one way he's changed. And also a lot more one-timers. Oh, my God. That's all he wants. He just wants to fade like, off into the sunset. Just like anything in the offensive zone where he doesn't have the puck, he, he's got the windmill ready. This is the goal I, I okay. put in my article was the one where Marner against Ottawa, like there's all the chaos in front of the net and he just drifts out to the spot and he's like, over uh, here. It, it's working yeah. to score <laughs> goals, but every once in a while, don't you want to kind of disguise it a little bit if it does come to you that you might pass it? It's like I mean, the I mean, Ovi thing. It's I mean, like not got, if you shoot it in the right no, spot every got time. five hat tricks and 45 goals in <laughs> 51 games. critique his <laughs> decision making. <laughs> Patrick's. It's February. He has ten percent of his games. I don't want to come across like, you know, a, a downer here though. But but <laughs> here we go. Like, don't we want to see a, a more no balanced attack? Oh, for the Leafs? Yes, oh, of course. Yeah, I'd love the guys in the bottom six to shoot in the net once yes. in a while. Absolutely, Kip. But Great. if this guy's got shot on his mind all the time is it eventually going to catch up here i didn't against the flyers the thing that we're can 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 austin just sit there in the offensive zone with the stick halfway up kip it's a conversation we've had before where it's like i don't even know what he should do not shoot in the net three times i don't have the answer yeah i'm just saying though how long can you keep going where it's just the austin matthews show that's what scares me about the playoffs, boys. We saw it last yeah. year with Florida where they have a good matchup against them. Barkov's one of the elite shutdown centers in the league, and they get nothing, and you lose in five games, and you score two goals in every game. And it's like you don't have anyone else chipping in offensively yeah. below him. And That's what terrifies not in the regular Like in the regular season, I'm fully confident that he's going to score 65, maybe 70 goals. Like yeah. either, but when you can nail down like that, that's when it starts to worry. But to me, this isn't necessarily – a Matthews thing where it's something he's doing. To me, it's a team building thing because you look at like, say football, yeah. the the Super Bowl, yeah. where you're game planning for the 49ers and you say, got to shut down Samuel, got to shut down McCaffrey, McCaffrey, yeah. you know, like, and you game Kittle. plan mm-hmm. to stop a couple of guys and all of a sudden you go, okay, well, what's what's the next layer of threat for us? For the Leafs, they haven't had it. And they we've seen that in playoffs when they get shut down. You know, Nylander was really good because he's the next guy, right? Matthews mm-hmm. Marner, yeah. and then he, was, he had the best playoff run maybe last year. But, yeah, it's, it's the same problem. So, I mean, tough to come away from that game and be like, here's a Leafs problem, but it is something that they'll well, have to if, identify. If you had one playmaking centerman, like Austin, for all intent and purposes, acts like a winger, right? With that 
kind of shot ready, shot, shoot first mm-hmm. mentality. You know, moving forward, and I'm not saying that the Leafs are going to trade for another top guy, but, you know, you move Tavares's $11 million out in, in a year or so, they're dying for a, a, a natural playmaking centerman because Tavares isn't that guy. He's got a shoot first mentality, and so does Austin. So does, does, does that change? Yeah. Does it, Marner's it. As as far as a playmaking centerman, like if do you think it really should, should they be make him. him a center? Oh, listen, he's twenty six years old now. If he yeah. he did it in junior, if he could do it yeah. in junior because he was but, physically strong enough, gotta believe he can do but, it now. But there there's something to be said that like to your stat, which I had no idea, they are still considered one of the worst passing teams in the offensive zone, mm-hmm. right? And. Those two guys have the shoot-first mentality. And for Matthews, it's working. I get it. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. have the guts to tell him, stop. It doesn't, you wouldn't create more, more offense. Right? You know, like it's... They or would you? It. They need or it Or would all. you? But no, Keeper, they need it all. They, like, they would be a borderline lottery team if they didn't have his, him and Marner's production. Like, if you look at what they are without those two guys, it's really scary. And they need him to shoot it in the net. Marner's... I mean, how many goals does Marner even have this year? Like, he's been good scoring... Yeah, I mean, that's a good scoring season for Marner. They need him to score. If he doesn't score, they lose. It's still kind of crazy that, like, no matter who plays with Matthews and Marner, they can't get in on the scoring. Mm -hmm. Bertuzzi can't get in on the scoring. Matthew Nyes can't get in on the scoring. It's kind of strange to me. Well, you look at all the guys that have gotten the opportunity, the audition over the years, you know, from Joe Thornton to Nick Ritchie to, you know, honestly go through every winger the Leafs have had over the past eight yeah. years. Hyman could do it. Bunting. And, yeah, and Bunting. Mm-hmm. And both those guys were go get a, in on the forecheck and be around the blue paint. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to get a rebound. We do give more credit to Bunting for being more creative I think than than um, yeah. Bertuzzi. I don't know. I think Bertuzzi's a good little passer. I honestly do. It's crazy that he can't get in on the scoring. Did they not use him? I don't know. Is the puck not getting to him? Is he, it this? Is it a system? Shoot. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. By the 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 one he had last oh, night it wasn't even close. They're like, oh, what a chance! I'm like, it wasn't a it's chance. Trying. It's like you're trying not to score. It's it's going to go in for Bertuzzi. It is going to. He's going to get points for the Maple Leafs sure this that? season. <laughs> the old Tim Roberts. Tim Roberts. The, yes. I'm not, you got the is, hope going, no, which is, is okay. going to get points for the Leafs this season. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, you want an overview of the game or you yeah. want Matthews and Marner? Uh, let's do the overview of the game. Okay. Sheldon, clip one. You know, and I think there's just a comfort level there. Uh, <clears throat> I thought in the second period, I thought our, I thought our pace went up a lot. Um, Second period by nature, just uh, the long changes and such uh, usually opens the game up a little bit more. And so I thought that worked hard benefit and really got us skating. Uh, so our pace increased. We got to the neutral zone a lot better than the first period. And then, and then just our battle level, we started to come up with pucks. And I thought Austin really was the catalyst for us, not just because he shot the puck in the net, but just the way he competed, won loose pucks. Uh, um, I thought... Uh, I thought he was a beast for us in that second period to really just kind of get us going and sort of set the example of of uh, what was required. And I, I thought we had a lot of guys that really picked up their game uh, from there. Well, it was a good second period. The first period sucked, and Austin was horrible in the first period. There wasn't. I don't think there was one good player in the 
first period. It was looked like a bunch of sick guys. Yeah. Suck. Yeah. Yeah, which might be legit. Well, like uh, Tavares, I, I, he wasn't great, but he's coming off. He's a little older too. Mm-hmm. I think he might have been affected still, uh, being sick. I, Could be. I felt that the Flyers are the nightmare matchup for a team coming out of the sick bay. Just like a bunch of grinders trying so hard. You know, it just felt like they weren't ready for it. My uh, my midget hockey team won provincials in British Columbia. Oh, and we joined, deal. Yeah, we, we joined the, uh, the high school ball hockey tournament. And there was a group of kids who were not on hockey teams who tried so hard <laughs> that we just couldn't handle it. Like, just, you know, what you, know just, like, you just get outworked by you? people who care. I think in the end we actually won by a goal. But oh, it was okay. like, you yeah, know. It we, shouldn't have been a goal. No. Yeah, okay, okay. Just didn't um, need that pressure either. Right. That's Philly to me. <laughs> Philly's these like, you know, came in there and they just, every puck, they won 85% of the puck battles according, according to Sport Logic in the first period or 84 yeah. or something like that. That felt yeah. low. Yeah. I mean, that's embarrassing yeah. to lose puck battles that well, way. And you're coming off what you think is a good complete 60 minutes and you'd like to follow it up with another good 60 minutes and you can't close out. Yeah. No, I, it's tough for them to have the complete... Games. What did you think of the penalties in the third period that ended up putting them, uh, giving up the I goals? Mean, listen, as far as Gregor's uh, roughing penalty against uh, 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 San, Sanheim, Sanheim uh, been in a few of those uh, positions where it's like you're both kind of going at it. You you think that maybe you could pull both of us off the ice there, but he did get the last cuff that drove his head a little bit back there. Yeah. And that, you know, unfortunately, I think you want him engaged. You want him kind of it greasing it up. I can I can kind of live with that. But you shouldn't put yourself in that spot. In a playoff, you got to be ultimate discipline there. Yeah. But there's um, nothing to be you gained hope for from... a kill. Yeah. And I think they did get the kill on that one, did they not? And then just moments right later, after they, right, right after, after they yeah. yeah, yeah. So and for Tuzi, did he get benched after he pulled uh, down? I didn't see him after that, but it was pretty late in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would you consider that? Just a lazy stick or bad luck? Yeah, I guess it's one of those move your feet, and if you're that far away, don't be swinging at him anyway. You know, one of those things. But again, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was overly egregious, a borderline call. I just think the the optics of it are awful. Yeah. For a guy that's making five and a half million that hasn't scored in two months and yeah. you take an offensive zone penalty. Up down, three, two in the down, third. Yeah, up one with, you know, five minutes left in the third period. Yeah. Tough sell for the coach, I would say. For sure. So, yeah, some frustrating moments there coming down the stretch. Right. Can I ask you just about what you saw from the Flyers in terms of a team that's just feels like they're incredibly, that's what an incredibly well-coached team looks like to me. Where it's like they're getting the most out of a lot of guys. Like that team, you look down the lineup, and we, we talked a lot about them yesterday. It's like they're getting the most out of a lot of guys that aren't really great NHLers. They're good, solid. Yeah. But it's, it's just like Ryan Paling and Noah Cates and Lawton and Zamula and Deloria. Organized, disciplined, you know, getting the most out of guys, good penalty kill. Their power play is not good, but their penalty kill is pretty good. Like it just it feels like that's what yeah. a well coached team looks and, like to me. You know, again, going back to that first, you it, the most dangerous shorthanded team. Mm-hmm. Can't take gambles, right? Yeah. Can't take gambles. Max Domi got caught. Oof. Got caught. Geo got caught. 
you know, Lilligren had guys behind him multiple times. I know the coach liked him last night, right? We have a comment to that effect that he had two assists, but I thought, again, I just, I don't see it. Guys get behind him and he doesn't win puck battles and he frustrates me. Yeah, he was a, just a lucky stick tap away from Konechny having a wide open breakaway with 25 seconds left. Right, on the offside call of 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, Keith liked him, I think. Why don't we listen to clip three on Timothy Lilligren? We had to use Lily a lot tonight, and we leaned on him a lot uh, just because, A, the, you know, the nature of the spot he was playing in and how the game was going, and we put him on the first unit power play today, so that right away ups his minutes. Um, probably got too high, quite honestly, uh, you know, into that third period, and I thought maybe Sauce started to see some effects of that. Um, but I, I, thought, I, thought he did, I thought he did a nice job for us. So he did well on the power play. And at five on five, uh, you know, uh, that's a good, it's a good step for him, uh, for sure. There you go, Timothy uh, Lilligren. Uh, how much upside is there between now and the end of the year for Lilligren? How, how much, well, how much better can he get? It would all have to be on the offensive side, I think, right? Because he's not never been a great defensive player. We've had good offensive games, so maybe he has a little bit more to go yeah. and a couple assists, maybe well, help him out there. But a lot of three on three in the playoffs could help him, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Do we see a lot of three-on-three? Three? Not so much. I mean, yeah, like people were skated right up the middle of an empty ice and made a simple pass to an Elander who shot in the net. Like yeah. it was a good play, but yeah, yeah. people were acting like he was looking like Paul Coffey. It wasn't that. It was, it was <laughs> pretty simple play. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways. Speaking of Bertuzzi in the left side, uh, Matthew Nyes. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, Good player, tremendous upside. Made a horrible play along the boards uh, that came back to bite them. Stuff that you'd almost expect a 21-year-old college rookie to make, which is fine, mm-hmm. right? In the big picture, right? Learning experience, first time in the league. But do you want to keep putting himself in that position where – or do you, do you back off him a little bit? Do you – just start him on the third or fourth line in the next game and just let him breathe a little bit. Because that's, that's what I see as a guy that yeah. gets a little overwhelmed sometimes. And, you know, that, that chip that you think you're going to beat your defender and go down on a yeah. on a rush, that ain't happening yeah, what were in, they in up February Yeah, were 3-2 at the time or something like that, and he tried to poke yeah. it and yeah. go? Yeah, so they're up 3-1. So, that's what led to the goal to make it 3-2. Yeah. And so the commentary uh, in the broadcast was that he needs to go through the defenseman there, like try to chip it and then yeah. go through the D or whatever. But to me, or just, stop. You know, to me, you got to make sure it's out. Listen, what you got to make sure is that you don't get beat. Yeah. Right? And if you watch him, it's the big six foot pass and then the big swooping turnaround not a stop and start you're not nylander you don't get willie's grace exactly you know you're you're acting like willie a little bit on some of those yes that's a stop and start stop and start yeah and in a perfect world you you don't let the puck get behind you Mm -hmm. right you stop and if it chips in you make sure you're defend you're you're you've eliminated at least one player Right, the trade-off is okay. I may be out of the play, but so is the guy beside me. Yeah, and if so, the puck's out, everyone's happy with you, right? We're up a goal. You got the puck out of our D zone. Let's get set up our structure. And you're okay with anything behind you if you know that you have at least one man. That it should be a four-on-four scenario behind you. It's just kept right now. Just looking at daily faceoffs lines, like Tavares, Nylander, Holmberg is a line because of the left wing position. Like Bertuzzi, we just talked about. Guys got 
no points in 100 games. That's roughly. Um, so, you know, he's playing third line. You know, Nyes is the guy you're talking about. Can he handle the minutes with Matthews and Marner? We're out of guys, Kip. Gregor? We're out of guys. I know. I know. McMahon? I don't know. Just, I don't know, rotate them? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get so, the buzzer that, that we all had at House League, and then just, <laughs> and then one left winger comes on, and the next one goes on. It, it is it is a problem. It's sure. crazy, though, because I think in our early in our, you know, when we started the show, we yeah, talked about so much better. how much stronger the left side was. Yeah. That was like a big talking point for us, because last year, Kipper beat that to death, which was right, because he talked about how bad it was. And then it's just kind of we're right back in the same so spot. Last year, it was... Bunting, Mikheyev, Kerfoot? Not Mikheyev. It's Mikheyev. No, no Mikheyev was a, no. was a Canuck. Canuck last year. I, Bunting, Kerfoot. Anyway. I can't. Oh, Zach Aston reese was involved at some point. Do we have Abe Kubel? Yeah. Time? There was, was, needless to say, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. But. Uh, you know what keeps kind of looking pretty is Benoit, like, running people over. <laughs> He absolutely crunched York. York is a game-time decision, I think, for the Flyers' next game. He's not feeling great after that hit. Um, he didn't want to fight. Does it seem like, like I don't know, that like, some guys can't just take a hit anymore? Like, I know that was a solid hit. Yeah. But it just seems like guys get hurt from those type of hits more I, I so than that. I think because there's so much less, just no one's braced for impact. That ever. might be it. Yeah. Yeah, that might be it. But, God, he used to take a lot of those hits. I just, well, I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep bouncing back and up. You kind of have to. Don't miss a shift. Don't miss a game. Yeah, maybe just not as prepared. But Benoit, you know, he does the, the mo- goes through the motions with Delorier, who is the most seasoned NHL fighter in the league. Yeah. And he's the type of guy you can smell coming, Delorier. Yeah. Well, you just look at him. Look at that gear. Delorier looks just, very comfortable in a fight. <laughs> yeah. He's at and home. Did you see any hesitation from Deloria? He knew exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. No hesitation. No waiting for other guys to come in. He just, like, you know, in all honesty, that's what you wish that Ryan Reeves would have done from day one mm-hmm. is that to understand. And it's not even a question mark that he took a ten, uh, t- uh, an extra two minute, right? You got t- the extra two for instigating. Yeah. But it's like. It's a stupid rule. We don't like it, but we're going to live with it. But this still needs to get done. And yeah. they are, that's that's a Tortorella team. You know, uh, our own regular contributor, Mike Feuda, loves Delorier. Part of his yeah. falling out with Carolina, I think, is because he really wanted to get Carolina yeah. for a team like that. But the guy kills penalties and does what you're talking about, where he's very comfortable answering the bell for people like that. And, you know, you can use yeah. him. He's 6'3", 220. But he's he plays. Yeah, and Benoit's not the the best fighter by any stretch, and he's a but at least he's, he's a willing. Gamer. You're right. He's but I, he, I wouldn't say he, he was willing last night. Well, but well, he's like, I'm, I'm fighting. Listen, yeah. We're doing this so, for me. For me, yeah. he did enough. Hundred percent. Okay, and you cannot let a guy like Delorier keep you from making that check again. And if it means taking him on, then just do enough where you don't get hurt, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And I think Simone did everything right, including protecting himself yeah, let's, at uh, the very end. Well, do we want to get to, to Luke? Should we listen to well, Benoit no, we, clip we, first? We, we can keep going here. Okay, let, let's listen to Sheldon Keefe clip six on uh, Simon uh, Benoit. 
has been very important. He's becoming a very popular teammate as well, both in his personality and with how he plays, which I think how he plays allows his personality to, to come through and, and come out and um, allows him to be comfortable because he knows he's a, he's a, a meaningful piece of our team. Uh, just a competitor, but also just such a great defender, right? Like he's in your way. He's got a good stick on you. Um, I got to be careful because last time I talked really positively about him, I thought he had his worst game the next time out. <laughs> but uh, um, he's been tremendous for us. He's 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 a real real um, a real fun guy to coach too because he's he wants to work. He wants you know he wants to learn. He asks questions. He's got a good personality. Comes here with a smile. Uh, I think he's having a lot of fun. Yeah, just great strides, great pickup. Would you not go to him right now and say we'll give you a million bucks for two more years? To. He's not. He's a restricted. Yeah. Guy. Oh, he's, he's an not, RFA. Yeah. He's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, but I think you could probably. And you don't need to overpay him. No, you could. You, you know, could tack one year. Tack one year onto the, Keep the cap one year deal that you were probably going to give him next year. I think. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's 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 fine. He's yeah. fine. They love him. And he probably feels like a debt of gratitude to the Toronto Maple, yeah, Maple Leafs for giving a him a, here, a right? chance. So yeah. that's that's a, that's a non-issue trying to get him signed. Fair how, enough. How about McCabe getting hit in the face again last night with a puck? Uh, this guy, there's these guys, they exist on every team. Uh, Andreas Janssen here for the oh, Leafs yeah. is it for a little bit. Um, Connor Carrick, it's usually guys who are like 5'11". Uh, but Ben, or sorry, McCabe somehow gets hit in the face every night. His face looks awful right now. Like it, is, <laughs> it is really he looks bad. But he's not fond of yours either. No, I can like, tell he looks you. like an extra from Peaky Blinders. Like, like he looks like he's been through a hard time. Like every game, him. he adds a new addition to the mess. <laughs> like it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, I love. I I just hey, think he's not exactly. Three boxes of chocolates up here. Either. No, listen, no, I, I it's I not that he's man ugly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying he's got he's, a bad face. He's right been now. through it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to be, you know, an ad for Gucci right now. Is what I'm getting out here, boys. Anyways. Yeah, Samsonov, mm. just enough to keep you interested, but yet still a little nervous. Yes or no? I don't know. Nothing about it made me feel any different. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my point. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm beyond repair. I think I am. You know, if he has three straight shutouts, I still think I'm going to wince when when he sees shots. I, I, I don't understand how you could ever not feel that way between now and the end of the regular right. season. How's Walt doing? No, we don't know. I'll, we'll, Is he going to play we'll on our him. Monday game that you and I are on the desk again? Uh, family Day Monday, family 1 day. p.m. start. Mm-hmm. JB you, and me, I will be on the desk with Elliot and David Amber. And uh, I'd say they're probably uh, an outside shot at him playing next week. Do you want to switch seats so you can sit near DA so you look small? I'm really tired of being made to look like a little boy beside Amber's <laughs> pipes. <laughs> Bursting out of his jacket yeah, no, in the no, foreground. You, you can keep that seat. All right. Um, one last thing I wanted to bring up with you. Connect me again last night. You love me. God, so good. Yeah. So good. Him and, and Gio have a little thing. I remember yeah. Gio had the flying bomb on oh, him last yeah. year, right? Uh, Matthews, I saw that saw that clip from last year. Yeah. And I just remember Rupper. Remember Rupper went crazy about oh, yeah. that? And I'm sure Matthews wants that scrub from the internet. It's a bad <laughs> clip. It's a bad clip. But Maybe it, that's the source hey. of Kip's hate for him. It's a bad, it's a bad clip. 
Austin's a lover, not a fighter. I, I, when I saw that clip, all the like takes and feelings came rushing back over. Oh, no. like, ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> I moved on from this. <laughs> Need therapy. Yeah, it was bad, but no, connecting, yeah, he hooks, uh, hooks Gio in the you-know-where and then gets into it with him, screaming at him the whole time, scores a game-tying goal, heart and soul. We don't care about Sheldon Keefe's comments on the o- OT period, right, well, at the end of the day. Why do you feel that's important? It's just, it's interesting because we whined about the three-on-three and how they screwed it up for however long. Yeah, and, and then we got past that. Okay, we don't. Have, we can. It's, he's praising your boy Mitch, so maybe we can we can play it. All right, let her rip. <laughs> Clip five. I'm in. Uh-oh. The way Austin and Mitch uh, took care of the puck, got a line change with possession, allowed fresh guys to go out and play against tired people, to uh, to to allow us to win win the game and. Um, and over time, you know, those are subtle little plays that I don't think they'll get credit for a point on it. But that's a that's a big moment in the game too. Just you know, despite the fact they they shot the puck in the net a lot as a, as a as a tandem, that decision to to give up on the play and get fresh people out there, so we're playing fresher than the opponent. That was a really big moment uh, in that overtime. Let us win the game. There you go. 50 plus games, and uh, we've learned how to line change. Yeah, <laughs> that's and what I heard I, there. 16, I knew you'd love it. fresh. Did get an assist from the bench on that, so that uh, it did work out for everyone. We all they got a touch on it, and they got a fresh change. Yeah, they got it figured out. Yeah. Do you see? Uh, the, there's that's a clip special. going around. Uh, Jacques Martin talking to the Senators guys about their line changes. He was mic'd up, or someone was mic'd up, and just talking about, hey, we're trying to do 20 to 30 seconds. We're trying to put your line mates in a good position. Like it's so funny. When players are young yeah. and in the NHL, they still need that coaching, I, that junior hockey. Like I don't hey, recall the National Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, like I don't even recall any of the superstars that I ever played with in my career sucking up two minute shifts. Well, I mean, there was this one now. Alex Kovalev shift that lasted thirteen minutes, but <laughs> besides that one, it was just it wasn't a huge, huge concern like it is now, and I'm just. Like, is it just a pure selfishness? Is it them uh, resting while they're on the ice that they feel like they could now exert another 30 seconds because they have been cruising a little bit out there? Like, I, I don't know where, where it's coming from. Is it maybe that Bobby McMahon is the leading goal scorer uh, since Probably. December? He's part other than the it. big four? I do think it's also part, part of, like, an analytics thing where it's like, you know, you're good players even tired, are more useful than your not-good players fresh. And they and, know that, and the good ones know that. Yeah. Okay. So well, or, or at least if they don't know it, they think it anyway. It's a cookie night. <laughs> yeah, it's a cookie night. <laughs> All right, let's go to break. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, join up with uh, our very own uh, sportsnet.ca writer, Luke Fox. That and more when Real Kipper and Born return. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Let's go to Luke Fox now, writer for sportsnet.ca. He's at the game last night. Luke, uh, let me ask you something. Uh, last night's performance... Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, no secondary scoring. Like, you could take a dozen of your stories from earlier this year and just put a date on it, and nobody would really know the difference, right? It's kind of a classic Leaf game. 
you know, that they, they don't really deserve it, but they've paid these guys, these game breakers so handsomely. And they tend to deliver on nights like this, like that first period, my goodness, were they getting outworked? Like, I don't know if they won one board battle. Like, and, and it felt like getting across the center line was an achievement. Uh, they were in disarray. They, you know, the Flyers wanted it more. They were more structured, more organized, hungrier. And then the shorthanded goal was an absolute disaster. And then a guy like Austin Matthews just throws on a cape, three goals in under eight minutes, and just a phenomenal performance. And the thing is, all three of his shots were from distance and they all beat him clean. Like just what a treat, right? To have a guy like that, that can break a game open and save a really mediocre to poor performance on the whole. Yeah. Um, it really, you know, as we were saying on the show off the top, like they do have those guys. That is part of what makes them still a, you know, a threat in any playoff series. How do you feel uh, heading towards the trade deadline three weeks out? What what sort of level of change needs to happen for you to feel like they're, you know, 50-50 chance of winning round one against a team like Boston or Tampa or even Florida? Well, I don't know about Florida. but I, I, Okay, I leave they, Florida out of what I, I just I said. Think, I think they could have a chance against Boston and Tampa. I, really what I think is, and you don't want to play with fire, but I, I think their best option might need to be to go through the wild card and go through the Metro. I think they match up better against those teams, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, but that, that's a, you know, that's pretty tricky trying to slip into the wild card. You want to be feeling good and getting points. Uh, I, I don't feel like they're one Chris Tan of a way. I, I honestly feel like they need two defensemen and I think they need a third line center. Uh, I, I question their depth at a lot of positions and then the goaltending you're just crossing your fingers that Joseph Wall comes back healthy. And they seem to be taking the right approach there. But it's not like past years where it felt like they were one or two pieces away. It feels like they might be three or more. Um, so then the the big question, and it's it's why Trey Living is getting paid very handsomely, is he has to decide whether the pieces that are out there are worth his very limited capital in terms of draft picks and prospects because right now the prices are high if someone was willing to pay a first for tanov it would probably already be done uh so it's it feels like a bit of a game of chicken and i i really think if there's a way he needs to do find a jake mccabe deal a, a haggle deal someone that has a little bit of term if he's going to spend a first. Uh, but who is that? Is that guy out there? Is there a GM out there with a defenseman with some term or a, a good checking center with some term that he can pry? Um, you know, Boone Jenner, a, like a move like that would excite me a little bit more because he has some term on the contract. Because I don't know if you go all in just for this year, but I think you have to think about improving for next year as well. We're talking to... Leaf and NHL writer for Sportsnet.ca, Luke Fox. So you mentioned Joseph Wall. Is there a sense that we could see him uh, as early as next week, family day, afternoon, St. Louis? Maybe. I mean, that would be uh, kind of poetic, right? Because he's from St. Louis. Uh, so I, I guess we'll see. I, I, you know, he hasn't even back been you know cleared to back up yet. They, they've been very careful. And we asked Sheldon Keefe about that. 
recently and basically said, you know, we're ready to start having those conversations. Like, not we're ready to have them get in the game. We're ready to have a conversation about it. He said, right now, Brad's been very busy with, he's had a lot on his plate, meaning the Morgan Riley uh, appeal. And and so that's where he is today. He's in New York. So it, it seems like the goaltending thing's taken a back seat. And luckily for the Leafs, Samsonov's, you know, piled up two wins here. So it's given them a little bit of breathing room. I don't know if it'll be as early as, as St. Louis. What I'm circling is the back-to-back, right? They, they got the, the Coyotes and the Golden Knights back-to-back. And they, as you guys know, they've been very reluctant to throw Dennis Hill to me into the mix here. So I, I would target maybe one of those games for the return of Joseph Wall because who knows what's going on with Martin Jones. They're being very secretive about what his injury is. Do you think uh, Riley's appeal could come back in a positive way? Like, could they get him back after four and not five, maybe? Yeah, that would be the that would be the most, yeah. Justin. I think. Okay. Like, uh, I think it, just for think optically, um, and I think if the commissioner goes against his own Department of Player Safety more than one game, it kind of looks bad on on the department. So I think either he upholds it, and Riley has to serve the whole five or they shave one game and he gets back one game early. Uh, Working in Riley's favor are two things. It's the fact that he does have a very squeaky clean record. I mean, he played half the season without even taking a penalty. Uh, You know, he's been in the league, I think 11 years or something like that now, never really been called, called to the map before. Uh, The other thing is, is Greg didn't miss a shift. He's perfectly fine. No injury. So those are the two things working in his favor. Of course, not working in his favor is he made contact, he used the stick, he had a, a moment to think about it, the whistle had gone, the buzzer had gone for a goal, it wasn't part of the flow yeah, of play. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, but when the one time in recent memory that Bettman did go against was Spezza, mm-hmm. and one of the main reasons was the clean record. So, you know, you can cross your fingers and hope that that, that works in Riley's favor as well. How did you find Samsonov uh, last night? Do you think uh, it's pretty much a lock here, Wall and Samsonov, between now and the end of the year? It feels like that. If you know, health health willing, it, it does feel like that. I thought he was he was fine. I, I thought he was good in the first period when basically you know the puck was in their their end the whole time. Still, a couple moments where he drops a stick. One time, his stick ended up in his own net. Uh, and it's just like, I don't understand why he, he loses his stick so often. He was swimming a little bit for me, but he gets the win. And I think that's, that's the only thing you just have to not, um, you know, choke under pressure when it, when the game gets tight, you need to make that extra save. And he was, he was one save better. And, he, and he's been that way for a couple of games. Now he's been much better since he had that little break away from the team. So, uh, I don't think he's, you know, stealing the net from Joseph Wall. Uh, I, I think, you know, as long as Wall looks healthy and shows well, I think he'll be the game one starter. But I think Samsonov's bounced back pretty incredibly from where he was. Yeah, no, it's uh, at the very least he, he can go in there and hold his head up high and, it, and he was decent last night. So credit to him there for sure. Um, looking kind of up and down the lineup for them last night, I thought TG, TJ Brody's looked a little bit more comfortable since being moved to the left side. You know, is that something that maybe they're going to try to prioritize? Have you agreed with me on that? It just looks a little better to me. No, I, 
uh, Borne, I agree with you 100%. He's, yeah. And it's like uh, he's played so much on his offside, you kind of uh, just assume that, that that's where he needs to be and that's where he should be. And then all of a sudden he gets a little break and he's not accepting passes all awkwardly. And he's, you know, he, he does look more comfortable. It's just who's playing the right. I mean, they only have one natural righty in the, in the lineup. They already got Jake McCabe playing his offside. Uh, outside of Lilligren, who, you know, has one good game, one bad game. He, he's really yet to string together, you know, a nice sample of five or six games where you're like, this guy has found his groove. Um, it's like they, they, they need more righties. And Connor Timmins, it sounds like we're talking weeks here. It doesn't seem like his return from, from mono is imminent. So, uh, you know, I think that's why when you hear the trade rumors, it's, it's Tanev, it's Sean Walker. It's a, it's a lot of righties being linked to the Leafs. And I think uh, it feels like a tale as old as time that the Leafs are looking for a right shot defenseman, but they absolutely need one. And, and then maybe two, if they could get two, it would be fantastic to, to get Brody on on his left. Um, because he, I, I agree with you. He has looked better there. Hey, Luke, enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll wait for Saturday night's game against Anaheim. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, they should have no problem with the Ducks, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. No problem at all. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. None. Easy <laughs> okay. two. Okay. Easy right. two points. All right, take care, guys. Luke Fox from Sportsnet.ca. What does it say that that's our reaction to them, Doc? Anyway. Is, is getting... One game reduced for Morgan Riley, a huge victory here. Yes, it is. Yeah, for me. Good where? Because it wasn't a five-game suspension, Kip, and anything okay. other than that, it's better. But it four, is. it's four is good. You're good with four. It was three, but better with four than five. Okay. It's just it's a little bit of a win, and it's a little bit of something to piss off other fan bases when they get all okay. bent out of shape. So yeah, it's a win. I uh, see. I don't know. I mean. Give him another day off. I mean, oh, you seen the standings? They're, they're not really in a uh, that game doesn't they're, matter yeah. position. Kip. I yeah, mean, they they kind of are for me. <laughs> Buddy, they're they're within I, I think, point of being I, I think up or be, down. Their best shot right now is a wild card situation. Well, no argument there, but that doesn't mean you try well, to not win. You don't I'm not mid- saying you can't that you don't win. It, but <laughs> you can't be like we won this one. Right now, if it if it stands as is, he's going back in against uh, Arizona. Correct. St. Louis, Philly, Anaheim, St. Louis. Oh, he misses Arizona. He comes back for Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. That's a good game for bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. Nice to get him back for Vegas. That, that's in Vegas, right? They play in Vegas, and then right away they play back here. They're, 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 I think it's less about earning another game and more about, I think, just getting Gary to admit that his department was wrong. Maybe is that the case? Is that what? You are nailing it, buddy. Yeah. That's bang okay. on. I just, they're wrong. All right, that makes sense to me. They're wrong, and I'm petty. And I've had to hear everybody yell about how the Leafs aren't tough, and finally they do something tough, and it's like, oh, you're gone five games. Anyways, I got to read thank Commissioner Gary Batman. And- uh, on Tuesday, February 20th, Scotiabank Arena will celebrate its 25th anniversary. It'll be opening its doors to the community by offering the opportunity to skate on the Leafs' home ice and shoot around in the Raptors' private in-venue practice court. For this occasion, we are offering two passes to this limited-time event, to enter, listen daily to Real Kipper and Born for the code word. Then text the code word to 59590. Today's code word is Toronto. Text Toronto We're to 59590 right now. These are getting tougher. For your chance to win. Today was the last code word. And if you don't, do not win with us, passes are available at scotiabankarena.com slash 25th anniversary. Today's code word is Kipper. 
what Brampton. Was it again? <laughs> Mississauga. It's Toronto. Toronto. The Gosh, code word, boys. Got it already. The code word. All right, great job. Thank you. Thank you. I get the sense that offers are in for Chris Tanov. Yeah. And I think Everyone's Calgary's final offers. I think I don't know, no not, not final final, but I there's a they're, they're sitting Calgary's sitting on a ton of offers and there's my understanding is that the Leafs have one of them in there. I can't I and, like would he have I don't know if it would include a first rounder or not. That that remains to be seen, but like we could Tanov could find himself a new team. By next week. Is there a chance that they've seen the offers and now it's a matter of Tanev talking to those teams about an extension before anything happens? Excellent point by you. And there's no question that some teams, uh, whoever has offers for him, they have them as rentals or re-signing him, Mm -hmm. which changes the dynamics of everything. But I told you guys that this guy, he's in a position to ask for $5 million next year. Just scares you a little. You don't want to get the tail end of a warrior's career because you respect him to death, but you just can't do it forever. What do you think, Sammy? He could help right now, boy. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you love to see him with Morgan Riley? I should be playing with TJ Brody. Go flame. That's if TJ's not part of the package. Yeah, maybe. Got to unload a little bit, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens, boys. Okay, our thanks to Luke Fox from sportsnet.ca for joining us. Plenty more still to come on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show as we go national next. Don't go away. We're back after these words.